Hello, I'm Alec Avdokov, and welcome to the life and times of Frederick the Great. Before I begin with the episode, I would like to tell you about another podcast that I have found to be extremely intriguing. The podcast is called The History of Russia, and I put the link for it into the description. This podcast goes through, obviously, the history of Russia chronologically, starting from the very beginning. He is now producing content about the Kievan Rus, an extremely interesting yet underappreciated time in Russian history. Plus, he has something that I cannot hope to ever match. He has a superb English accent. Seriously, he is extremely easy to listen to, and since you all are interested in 1700s Prussian history, I think a chronological series on the history of Russia will be right down your alley. It is found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Podbean, so go check his podcast out. I hope you all enjoy it. I know I do. Also, do not forget to go to Patreon. On there, you can vote on what episodes you want to hear from me. That's right, your input will be heard, and you will make a direct influence on the production of the life and times of Frederick the Great. This is just for $5 of your contribution. This is only the cost of a cheeseburger. Surely, this opportunity is worth a cheeseburger. Thank you all for listening, and now... Let us get on to the show. Last time, we talked about the rise of Frederick Wilhelm to become the king in Prussia and his expansion of the Prussian army. We talked about the harsh cruelties of linear warfare in the 1700s and how Prussia, in the words of Napoleon, hatched out of a cannonball. Today, I had a bit of trouble deciding what I should talk about in the series of contextual episodes that leads up to Frederick the Great's life and times. Should I begin on Frederick the Great's life, or continue with the story of his father's reign? For everyone to fully understand where Frederick the Great is coming from, we must discuss the culture of masculinity that manifested itself in Frederick Wilhelm's court. So therefore, I will continue with the story of Frederick Wilhelm's reign, instead of deep diving into Frederick the Great's life. We must also discuss the domestic policies that Frederick Wilhelm introduced during his reign as he was considered Prussia's greatest inner king. He had the most positive impact on Prussia's internal system out of any king in Prussia's history. He made the tax system less burdensome on the ordinary people. He made Prussia more internally linked by making canals and draining the infamous swamps of the old Mark. Also, by Mark, I don't mean some guy named Mark. Uh, Brandenburg was once a military frontier against the Slavs during the Middle Ages, so therefore Mark means a military frontier. Sorry for getting sidetracked. Anyway, Frederick Wilhelm also reformed the bureaucracy so that the Prussian civil service will be one of the least corrupt in the world at the time. But remember, while also being a just monarch, Frederick Wilhelm was a violent scoundrel of a man who didn't take crap from anyone. So, on top of the outstanding reforms that Prussia into a modern state, we will talk about the insane shenanigans of King Frederick Wilhelm's court. So, 
Let's start out with the good stuff first, the reforms that made Prussia into a future great power. So, Frederick Willem, as I said in the last episode, wanted his army to be as strong as possible. The expansion of the army depended on one crucial thing, money. Without the proper funds, there would be no major expansion of the army, and according to Frederick Wilhelm, when he ascended the throne, Prussia was on the bank, uh, brink of bankruptcy. He started out right from the gate in 1713 when he ascended the throne. He neglected to do something that cost his father six million talers. He was never coronated. Instead, Prussia became a kingdom without coronations. The old king's court basically disintegrated after Frederick Wilhelm became king. Here's what Christopher Clark had to say about Frederick Wilhelm's cost-cutting measures. Within days of his accession in February 1713, Frederick Wilhelm laid an axe to the tree of his father's court establishment. There was, as we have seen, no follow-up coronation of 1701. Having scrutinized the financial accounts of the royal household, the new king embarked on a drastic cost-cutting campaign. Two-thirds of the service employed in the court, including the chocolatier, a brace of castrato singers, cellists, composers, and organ builders, were sacked without notice. The rest had to accept salary reductions up to 75%. A substantial quantity of the jewels, gold, and silver plate, fine wines, furniture, and coaches accumulated during his father's reign was sold off. The lines of the royal menagerie were presented as gifts to the king of Poland. This was just the first phase of the plan. While all this may sound harsh, I mean, it kind of was, there was a purpose for it. Frederick Wilhelm was an old-fashioned autocrat and wanted as free a hand as possible when ruling. He made peace in 1720 with the Swedes in the Great Northern War, and he expanded the military in order for him to be more independent on the transnational stage, as we heard in the last episode. Frederick Wilhelm also had a plan to increase his independence domestically. Frederick Wilhelm set up a land tax on the nobility and refused to borrow money from Jewish merchants or wealthy nobles. This was a cultural shift that was happening all over Europe at the time. See, monarchs believed that in order to have more personal power and control within their realms, they will need to have more money. Frederick Wilhelm decided that the tax system that was in place in his father's reign was far too burdensome to the peasants. He also made it so that there would be a land tax on the nobility because the nobility was previously exempted from taxes. All of this sounds fairly progressive taxing the poor less and the rich more. However, if you think he changed the tax system so that these poor peasants could get a better lot in life, you would be completely mistaken. No, Frederick Wilhelm did not believe in in bad equality. He didn't believe in equality. Come on. He probably just believed in the opposite. The previous king's system was bad for finances of Prussia, so it had to be changed. (laughs) You actually thought that Frederick Wilhelm actually cared about people's (laughs) well-being. 
Oh man, that's like saying that Stalin actually cared about human life. Now, Frederick Wilhelm was basically a monster. He just implemented a whole bunch of good reforms for Prussia. Another reform that was important for the finances of Prussia was the merging of the General War Department and the General Finance Directory into one entity. And now I get to flex my German to tell you what its replacement was. In English, it is called the General Directory. But that's not complicated enough for the Germans. They called it the General Oberfinance Kriegs und Domanen Direktorium. Thank you very much. This office made the two competing branches of bureaucracy run more efficiently. He also abandoned the privy council that his father had used during the end of his reign. These changes in the bureaucracy helped stop the tide of various ministers gaining too much influence over the king. Instead, the king's word was final, and many would say that Frederick Wilhelm's kingdom was the triumph of absolutism in Europe. However, no matter how much he wanted to, Frederick Wilhelm needed people to help him rule. And that is where the Prussian civil service enters our story. According to Christopher Clark's book, The Iron Kingdom, the Prussian civil service sounded fairly modern when he wrote, The ministers were expected to convene at seven in the morning and the summer and eight in the winter. They were expected to remain at their desks until the day's work was accounted for. They were required to come into the office on Saturdays in order to check the week's accounts. If they spent more than a certain number of hours at work on any particular day, a warm meal was to be provided at the expense of the administration, but served in two sittings so that half the ministers could keep working while their colleagues ate. These reforms are what made Prussia into a great power. Supervision and a great work ethic are underappreciated aspects of a great society. Frederick Wilhelm also employed former or disabled soldiers to work in civil service so that they could find a living beyond the battlefield. All of this sounds great, but do not forget that Frederick Wilhelm did all of this because he believed it was his duty to make his kingdom a better run place through his will alone. This leads me to the next reason why he did these reforms. To screw over the political power of the nobles. Now, to get on to the nobles, also known as the Junkers. No, Emily, they are not called Junkers. Anyway, the Junkers were the elite of the Prussian society. They had large estates that were worked by peasants. These were not the rich landed nobility that you would see in Western Europe because Prussia and Brandenburg were very poor places. The word Junker is a compound word that combines the words Jung and Lord, Jungherr in German. This is because the third or fourth sons of noble families would not get the family lands that the first son would inherit. So when the Teutonic Knights conquered East Prussia and asked for Germans to colonize Prussia, the people who colonized it were these young lords, Junkers. The central administration that Frederick Wilhelm built up was mainly consisted of commoners who were ennobled after they did their job. Frederick Wilhelm also believed that he was carrying a historical legacy that began with the great elector, 
see the great elector, also the name Frederick Wilhelm, build up the military, build up the bureaucracy and central administration, and he tried to decrease the power and privileges of the Junkers. If you look at all the reforms that King Frederick Wilhelm is doing, you will see that they mirror, they mirror the great elector's reforms. However, you have to remember that Frederick Wilhelm was a maniac. He constantly suffered from chronic pain, he was frequently abusive to his wife and children, and he had fits of anger followed by fits of depression. So, this is the crazy part of the podcast that we discuss what was called the Tobax Collegium, also known as the Tobacco Ministry. This was the absolutely insane court and that is unthinkable by today's standards. Let me first preface this by saying that this is the closest thing to a cultural revolution that we will ever see in Prussia. In King Frederick's reign, there was a feeling of merriment and hedonism that was based on the model of Louis XIV's court. Frederick Wilhelm's court, on the other hand, was extremely masculine and nearly the direct opposite of his father's court. Remember the jewels and musicians and the beauty of his father's court? There was no more of that nonsense in Frederick Wilhelm's court. Instead, we have the tobacco ministry. This was a group of 8 to 12 ministers, army officers, etc., who would discuss a bunch of different topics with the king. Here's what Christopher Clark's book, The Iron Kingdom, had to say about the tobacco ministry. The tone was informal often crude, and non-hierarchical. One of the rules of the tobacco ministry was that one did not stand to honor the arrival of the king. The subjects of discussion ranged from Bible passages, newspaper reports, political gossip, hunting antidotes, and more risque matters, such as the natural aromas given off by women. Yikes. Anyway, participants were expected to speak their minds and hefty arguments sometimes broke out. Indeed, these appear to have been encouraged by the monarch himself. In the autumn of 1728, for example, a theological dispute between Frederick August Hackermann, a visiting professor from the University of Helmstedt, and the Berlin-based popular writer David Fassmann degenerated into a mudslinging match to the great amusement of the other guests. According to a contemporary report by an envoy resident in Berlin, Hackermann was eventually goaded into saying that Fassmann was a liar, whereupon the latter solidly responded with the flat of his hand so promptly and in such a manner that Hackmann almost tumbled onto the king. At this point, he, Hackermann, asked his majesty whether it was not a most punishable thing to behave in such a way to attack someone thus in the presence of the All-Highest. Frederick Wilhelm, who clearly took pleasure in such raucousness, merely commented that a scoundrel deserves the blow he receives. This kind of thing was common in the court of Frederick Wilhelm, and the court was almost, almost exclusively a man's affair. It was even compared to the customs of the Orthodox Jews that completely segregated men from women. In other courts, such as those of Georg Wilhelm during the Thirty Years' War and Frederick I of Prussia, 
the wife of the elector or of the king, held considerable sway when it came to the policies of the ruler, specifically Sophia Dorothea of Hanover, Frederick I's wife, was extremely influential in the court of Frederick I. This was completely reversed by the tobacco ministry. Government and anything to do with governmental policy was specifically a man's job. Because Frederick Wilhelm was extremely particular about this sort of thing, this was harshly enforced, and no woman had a place in government. This type of hypermasculinity would sadly also carry over into Frederick the Great's reign. To round out the podcast, I will share a tragedy about one of the most brilliant ministers that were in Frederick Wilhelm's court, Jakob Paul von Gondeling. Gondeling was originally drawn to the Prussian court during Frederick I's reign because he was highly educated, and Gondeling was highly respected in the court of Frederick I. However, his position was removed following Frederick Wilhelm's succession. However, Grunling stayed in the court as an advisor on economic policy. But do you remember how Frederick Wilhelm is a monster? Yeah, Grunling Grunling was bullied far worse than any of your average nerds in high school today were. So, Grunling was told to make a lecture about whether ghosts existed, while also drinking copious amounts of beer. When he was done, he stumbled back to his room where a man in a white sheet popped out to terrify the man. Being totally plastered, it succeeded. There was another time when Grunling was trapped inside a room with bears and fireworks were blasted into the room. Obviously, that wasn't fun either. He was then forced to wear a crazy, huge French wig and flamboyant court clothes that were out of style in Frederick Wilhelm's court. He was then force-fed laxatives and trapped in a room. He was also forced into a pistol duel. However, he didn't know that the pistols weren't loaded, so when he refused to shoot, another guy, uh, he was shot right in the face, and gunpowder sparks flew into his face and set his gigantic wig on fire. All of this stress and all of this bullying from Frederick Wilhelm's court led him further into alcoholism, which made Grunling an even bigger laughingstock than before. The most dark thing that Frederick Wilhelm ever did to that poor Grunling was that he set out a barrel next to his bed. Now this was no ordinary barrel. This barrel was to be his casket. And on the barrel, it had a poem that said, Here lies within his skin, half pig, half man, a wondrous thing, clever in his youth, an old age not so bright, full of wit at morning, full of drink at night. Let the voice of Bachau sing. This, my child, is Gundeling. Readers say, can you divine whether he was man or swine? Gundeling had noticed the barrel's presence all the way up to his own death. But this is why I titled this podcast, The Duality of Man. How could Frederick Wilhelm care so much about improving the lives of his subjects while also being such a monster? I believe this is where I shall have to end. With great reforms that made Prussia a more efficient state, while also an insane court that made 
circuses look tame. Thank you all for listening. And therefore, to conclude, ich sag auf Wiedersehen.